This is the Truth Warrior Ministry Podcast with your host, Joshua Butts, and my brother, Isaac Butts. On this show, we would deliver a variety of concepts from biblical, atheism, conspiracies, politics, and worship. So without further ado, tune in, relax, or kick back, because we're trying to build some Truth Warriors. Let's get into it. Truth Warrior Ministry. See through the lies. See through the lies. Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. Welcome to my podcast. Guys, I am truly excited to start chapter 5 of Matthew. Um, we're going to do a quick recap uh recap. <laughs> recap of chapter 4. And um it's you know, chapter 4 began with Jesus being tempted by Satan in the wilderness after his 40-day fast. Um, right after his fast, Jesus' ministry started, um, and with his ministry, he was a light in the darkness, um, and he began to tell and preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, okay? And uh, Jesus called his first disciples, Peter and Andrew, the brothers, and um, James and John, the second set of brothers, and they followed Jesus um, after Jesus said, follow me and I will make you guys fishers of men. They followed Jesus all around Jerusalem and um, Galilee and uh, Jordan and beyond. Okay, and he preached and cast out devils and healed diseases and torments. Um, he healed the lunatics and uh, those who were paralyzed. He healed them all. And um, there was a great following from this um, ministry that Jesus started. Okay. And that leads us into chapter five. Chapter five, guys, is, is really is the time that Jesus starts to cut us deep with his words of truth and of love at the same time. Okay. The thing I love about Jesus is he can cut you and enlighten you with the same words. And what that means is when he speaks, the Holy Spirit convicts us of his truth. So um, I'm going to open up with prayer. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for allowing me to read your word right now, dear Lord, and just enter into your presence, God, with the Holy Spirit leading us, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, in revealing us the truth of Jesus Christ, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, your Son, the Messiah, dear Lord. And I just pray, God, that you allow the Holy Spirit to keep those truths um, intact and let us not water it down. Let it be straight from the words of Jesus as we read it, dear Lord, Heavenly Father. We love you and we thank you so much for being with us, God, and keeping us and guiding us. And uh, Jesus' name we pray. We love you and we thank you. Amen, amen, amen. All right, guys, let's get it. Chapter five, the Beatitudes. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain and when he was set, his disciples came unto him and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savior, 
I'm sorry. But if the salt have lost his savior, savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shalt, shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. <clears throat> but I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if thy bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, Leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly whilst thou art in the way with him. Lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge and the judge deliver thee to the officer and thou be cast in the prison. Verily I say unto thee, thou shalt by no means come out thence till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out. And cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off, and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. It hath been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. Again, ye have heard that it hath been said by them of old time, thou shalt not forswear thyself but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, Nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. 
ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on good, on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Amen. 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 All right, guys. Um, that was deep. It was a lot to take in. So let's try to head back and cover it. Let's recap. Chapter 5, verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Guys, this is that God's first, first set of truth. And that is the poor, okay, in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This comes from Isaiah 61, um, verse 1. And it says in Isaiah 61, verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Okay? So, in short, guys... The poor in spirit, those who are meek, okay, those who understand that we have no power in this world, okay, the power comes from the Lord, and by His mercy are we even able to take our next breath. When you become poor in the spirit, when you become meek, guys, there's a sense of maturity that one as a Christian must reach, and that is the sense of understanding that literally. You are in God's hands. You are nothing more than just a malleable pot of clay that God, if you will, allow him. He will form you up into his most perfect work. But you got to be meek. You have to be poor in spirit. Okay, you have to be meek. Verse four, blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted guys in life we're going to mourn death heartbreak friendship loss whatever you may think of we're going to mourn but blessed are we because we're going to be comforted okay i feel bad for those who mourn and don't understand the holy spirit and the love of jesus because if you're mourning and don't understand that gift of comforting that comes with the spirit you really can see yourself in some dark times, man. Really dark and desperate and despairing times. So I urge you guys to find the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. Because no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're going through, guys, the Holy Spirit is there to comfort you. And we are blessed for it, Jesus says. Verse 5. Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. Again, the meek will inherit the earth. Those who are not proud and boastful. 
All right. It does us no good to be proud and boastful. I promise you. I know the world teaches us different, but it doesn't. In the end of all things, in the big scheme of everything, the meek will inherit the kingdom of God. Because we truly understand sacrifice and submission to the Holy Spirit. We are meekfully giving our lives over to God. Blessed, um, verse six, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Guys, have you ever been, and maybe I've definitely have been finding myself more and more, especially the more I read the Bible and meditate on, on the Lord. The more you do that, okay, the more you spend time with the Lord, you're going to find yourself hungering for righteousness. What does that mean? You're going to find yourself wanting to learn more of the righteousness of this scripture, okay? You're you 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 want to learn more of the just and of the just the love and uprightfulness of Jesus by studying his word. And even now as I'm doing this Matthew study, I am feeling myself getting filled. I mean filled. Okay? And there's no way other there's no other way to explain it except be, because I'm studying the word and I'm searching for his righteousness. I'm searching for his truth and I am getting filled. And I promise you the same will happen to you if you turn away from this world and worldly things and search these scriptures for Jesus and his truth. That's why I'm doing this study, guys. OK, I'm doing this study so you can know the truth in Jesus. I promise you guys, I have heard so many things and opinions about who Jesus is and what he said. Oh, Jesus is just another prophet. He's actually really not that important. Oh, you know what? Jesus really is an example of how we should live. I mean, he's pretty, if you follow Jesus, pretty much we can all become gods. Literally, we all are gods. What? What? Oh, Jesus is act. Jesse, he was just another example of, a, of an average human, how humans should act. And be peaceful and loving and kind. Yeah, that's who Jesus is. Guys, if we don't read Jesus' words, and I, I guarantee we're going to read some things that many of you may not have ever heard or knew that Jesus said or did. Because you only know, it's kind of like revelations. We only know what we've heard and what we've maybe heard our pastors speak on. But just like Revelations, if you don't read it for yourself, you will never understand the true entirety of it. You will understand the gist of it, the true meat of it. Same with Jesus Christ. If you don't read his words and what he is saying as we are doing right now, you will never come to the fulfillment of the light of Jesus and the Holy Spirit revealing it to you. So this is why I feel God has told me and pushed on my heart to go over Matthew um, Mark and Luke. Okay? Because there's an importance of understanding what Jesus did and what Jesus said from his own mouth. Okay? Verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Okay? And... That is pretty simple and self-explanatory, okay? Those words was taken right from 2 Samuel 22, 26, all right? If you go to 2 Samuel 22, 26, it says, with the, mercy, with the merciful, thou shalt show thyself merciful, and with the upright man, thou wilt show thyself upright. So this is pretty much saying, guys, if you are merciful, God is going to be merciful on you. If you are upright, God will show himself upright with you. How we act, if we, if you want to act um, vengeful and very, and, and just mean-spirited, guess what? You're going to get that same treatment from the God Almighty Creator. You don't want that. Trust me, you don't. You don't want that. If you want to go and be um, mischievous and, and, and just um, backstabbing and untrustworthy, trust me, God got something for you. You don't want to be that. Be merciful so God will be merciful on you. Be upright so God will be upright with you. Okay? Verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Woo! The pure in heart, for they shall see God. 
Man, that speaks volumes, guys. Volumes. If you have a pure heart, if you have a pure heart, and I know that many of us who have been studying in the Word and truly have been saved and truly understand that through Jesus' blood can we be made pure and have a pure and sincere conscience. conscience that sometimes we can see God work in our lives. You can see him moving and shifting pieces. It's amazing. It's a, be- it's a beautiful feeling to know that God is controlling your life. Verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Hey, that's simple. Peacemakers, that's that's the child of God, a peacemaker, who is avoiding problems. No matter what was said or done, a peacemaker avoids because they know that the peace of God and the peace of Jesus and the peace of the Holy Spirit is with them. Verse 10, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Listen to me, guys. We live in a world where if you live a righteous life, you are going to be persecuted. People don't want to hear you holding on to your virginity. Oh, you're lame. Oh, you're, you're, you, you are self-righteous. Oh, you, no, no, no. Get away from me. People don't want to hear that you want to um, abstain from alcohol or weed. Oh, man, you're lame. No, man. What's wrong with you? Get down with the times, man. Right? They're going to, you're going to get persecuted. Because we live in a world where now the thought process is be and do all you can do in this life. Enjoy everything, every fleshful thing. Because that's what, that's what we're here for. That's what people want to do. That's what people want to hear. They don't want to hear the truth and understanding of taming and Disciplining your body, your mind, and your spirit. They don't want to hear that. They, they don't want to hear that. It's, they're too lazy to understand that. They have been indoctrinated to think a certain way, guys. So, yes, you are going to be persecuted for your righteousness sake. But remember, keep this in mind. Hold this close to you. That the kingdom of heaven is yours. Because you hold true to the righteousness Verse 11, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. All right, guys, you know, if you're a Jesus believer and, you know, you mentioned Jesus easily, that can that can bring that can bring an evil uh, reaction from someone almost instantly, because it seems like when you mention Jesus, it's like throwing a mirror and that person is seeing that mirror and it's showing their evil, sinful lifestyle. So what do they do? They get defensive and they say, nope, forget that. Forget your Jesus. He's nobody to me. Why? Because Jesus is a mirror to show us that we are not perfect. Instead of accepting that, instead of understanding that, that we are broken and sinful beings, we want to be hard-headed, and we want to become prideful against him. So people are going to persecute you for even mentioning Jesus' name. And trust me, the days to come is going to get worse. It is going to, I promise you guys, it is going to get worse. You won't be able to say Jesus this, Jesus, you won't be able to say nothing without being persecuted and attacked. It's coming. The day is coming. Verse 12. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. All right? So even the prophets before you, trust me, they were persecuted. They were persecuted way before you, okay? Some horrible things done to them. Verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if thou shalt... Have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Guys, I'm gonna take you to Leviticus 2:13, okay? And it says in Leviticus, in every oblation of thy meat offering shall thou season with salt. Neither shalt thou suffer the salt of the covenant of thy God to be lacking from thy meat offering. With all thine offerings thou shalt offer 
salt. So it's interesting to me that God wanted, back in Old Testament, he wanted every offering to be um, uh, seasoned with salt. Why is that? Why is salt such, why is there such an importance to this? And again, God is so prophetic. He, he made salt. He understands the importance of salt. You know, we, salt is good. Throw out some rice, chicken. Salt will turn a bland meal into a, a five-star Michelin star meal. Okay? It, 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 salt is a good thing. It's pure, actually. The Bible sees salt as a pure thing. Um, do you guys know that salt can never expire? In other words, salt can't lose its taste or its savor. The only reason why salt loses its savor, our savor, our taste, is when you mix it with um, other bland, other broken down in um, chemically toxic. Um, substances, right? That's the only reason why salt loses when you blend it with other things that are un, un. The it, it's it's the word I'm trying to. What word am I trying? To, forgive me, guys. I'm I'm going through the motion here. Um, salt can only lose its flavor, or its savor and its flavor, when it's blended in with vile things. Okay. That's the only time salt loses its savor. And it's interesting why Jesus said, ye are the salt of the earth. But if thou, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Listen to me, guys. Those who are in the spirit, born again, who understand Christ, and at least has have the, the basic understanding of salvation through Christ. You are the salt of the earth. You hold the gospel of the truth. Guys, it's important that we remain our is that our I'm sorry, it's important that we keep our savor and we keep our flavor. Because if we lose our flavor, what is the purpose? What's the purpose? I'm talking to the church, guys. Yes, you fam, I'm talking to the church. How can you what could you offer up if all you're doing is blending in with the false doctrines and the 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 uh, watered down doctrines, the untruthful doctrines, straight just lying doctrines? What good are you to the earth, to those who who need to hear the truth? If you you have no flavor. Your truth is lackluster. There's nothing about your truth because you have chosen to become as the others. Okay? It is so important for you to keep the truth of Jesus. In other words, keep the scriptural truth of Jesus' teaching. Don't blend it for no one. Don't water it down for no one. No matter who feelings it hurt, feelings it hurts. No matter who feels. And that's our problem as a church today, man. We think we have to just embrace every doctrine that makes people friendlier in the congregation. Oh, we're accepting of all sexualities. We're accepting of all beliefs. We're accepting. We're accepting. At that moment, you've lost your flavor. You've lost your salt savor. This is what Jesus is talking about. Once you have lost that uh, savor, you become like the rest. And you are trodden under the foot of men. Okay? So it is very important that we keep our savor as Jesus has said. Keep your savor. I, I pray I didn't confuse anybody with that. I kind of went off the rim there. But, um... But, um... Yes, it's important to uh it's it's very important. Okay. Um verse 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on an hill cannot be hid. 
All right. So there you go again, guys. You know, you have a light. Why would you hide it? You have a, a talent. Why would you hide it? All right. You got to be set upon a hill so that all those in darkness can see you and be directed to you. Guys, when you're in a dark room and you see a light flip on, just a, a flash one has a flashlight, right? You're, let's say you're in a dark room or a big room or a dark maze, a dark house, whatever. And it's dark. You're pitch black. You can't see nothing. But yet you see this light. That's in the distance. Okay. This light is in the distance, right? What do you do? You go towards the light, right? You're going towards the light because you want to get out the darkness. And that's the only source of light that's there. So you make your way over to the light. That is how we, the church, is supposed to be lights unto the world. Is what Jesus meant when he said what he said in verse 14. All right. Verse 15. Neither do men light a candle and pit under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Guys, same thing. Same principle. Okay. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. The most we can do truly to show others the lost of how good God is, is to lead by example. Okay, is to follow God and, and follow his commandments, because by following God and following his commandments, our fruit and our good works will be seen from those who look afar. And they're going to recognize you and see, man, he's different. Man, she's different. It's something about her. It's something about him that's just different. I want to know what that feels like. And guess what? At that point, you would have hooked and fished out a non-believer or a um, another believer of another religion based on how good you followed God's word in his wisdom, and his truth, and his commandments. Verse 17. Think not that I am, I am come to destroy the law. Are the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. There are so many people who say, oh, Jesus changed the law. Jesus, you know, he, he forsake the law, and he had his own teaching. That's why I don't like Jesus. Guys, come on. We just heard, we just heard what Jesus said. He did not come to what? He did not come to destroy the law or the prophets, but to fulfill. And you best believe he fulfilled, fam. He fulfilled the law. He fulfilled it. Okay. Verse 18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law. One jot and one tittle, that's like one period or one um, stroke of a pen, in other words. It's saying that none of that is going to change at all, right? Not Nothing is going to change until what? All be fulfilled. That's a promise, okay? That is a promise. Verse 19, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. There are some of us who see the commandments and say, oh, nope, um, that's, a, that's, that's not important. Or uh, I'm going to teach other men that that's not important. Guys, you're going to be called the least of them in heaven. Okay, and that's going to be during the time of the judgment. Of, of the of Jesus Christ. Guys, I don't even understand this, but there are when Jesus judges the saints, there are different rewards that certain people are going to get. Others more, others less, based on how you treated God's word, based on how you dealt with God's word. Okay? That is important. Verse 20. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, why did Jesus say that to those at that time? At that time, everyone that's following Jesus, the Jews and the Gentiles, everyone believed that the Pharisees and the um, scribes 
that they were the most righteous you can get, right? That's the most righteous you can get. But Jesus says, no, unless you're more righteous than the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. So now people are like, wait, what? Be more righteous than the Pharisees and scribes? Guys, it's honestly not that hard. They didn't even believe in Jesus. They didn't see Jesus and recognize Jesus when he was right in front of them. That shows you how foul, fallible they were, how wrong they were, how unrighteous they were. Verse 21. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. Guys, that's Exodus 20 through 13 and Deuteronomy 5 17 when the law is being written down. Okay, that's one of the Ten Commandments. Verse 22. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Wait, what? So you mean I didn't I don't have to kill nobody and still be this um severely treated? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Call someone a fool and you're in danger of hellfire. Wow. I bet that makes you think twice. Right. This is Jesus word. This lets you know how we have to be so understanding of the commandment that says treat your uh, love your neighbor as you love thyself. Would you call yourself a fool? No. Right. Maybe jokingly, but you out of your heart of heart, you ain't gonna call yourself a fool. Neither shall you call anyone else a fool. Okay? Neither shall you be um, angry in a way without a cause. It says without a cause. You can be angry, but have a cause. This says, by saying to thou, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother Raka, and Raka, that pretty much means just vain, is, is vain, vain. Okay, um, shall be in danger of the council. All right, so you don't got to kill nobody to be in danger of hellfire and punishment. You can just make fun of somebody, call someone a name, be angry without a cause. Okay, go to New York. You got a bunch of people who are just mad for no reason. No offense to New Yorkers, but I'm just saying, don't listen the way you look. And, and feel towards someone in your heart matters. That matters. That hate and discontent affects you spiritually and physically. Let it go. Let it go. Verse 23. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. Guys, what does this mean? Listen to me. Some of us, um, we like to, you know what? I ain't going to tell, what's his name? Sorry. Instead, I'm going to say, God, forgive me. Forgive me, dear Lord, for doing that to that man. And uh, I'm going to move on, right? Is, is that enough? What, what did Jesus just say? If you are going to approach God, okay, with a gift or offering, leave it at the altar before you ever submit it because there's someone you wronged first, right? Back in the day or during this time when they would offer gifts for their sins and their wrongdoing, right? They'll, they'll offer gifts and um, uh, sacrifices, right? They would offer that burnt offering before the Lord. God, Jesus is saying, don't offer that until you have went and made right with those you have hurt or harmed. Make it right with them first. Leave the gift at the altar. Go make it right with those first and then come back and offer your gift. That way I will accept it. 
And that's just proper. Jesus is saying this is just proper, proper action. Make it right with your fellow brethren. All right. I hope that's a, a you know, an eye waker, an, an eye opener for some of you. Okay. Even for me. All right. Uh, verse 25. Agree with thine adversary quickly whilst thou art in the way with him. Lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge and the judge deliver thee to the officer and thou be cast into prison. Guys, and, and this is something else, right? Let's say you get in, in, into an argument with somebody. You're right, whether it's your fault or his fault, right? Jesus is saying, um, agree with them quickly. Make it right with them quickly. While you are still in the same vicinity, like while you're in front of them, make it right. As in, don't let things wander. Don't let things um, linger. Make it right then and there, okay? Because what that does is it prevents the adversary to deliver you to the judge, okay? And then the judge is going to deliver you to the officer, and then thou should be cast into the prison, okay? The judge is God, obviously, guys, right? Jesus, he's the judge, right? So before someone brings you to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, this man did this to me, make it right right then and there in front of the person you've um, crossed. Again, whether it's your fault or not, make it right. Okay, we have a duty to make things to be peacemakers of on, on the earth. Peacemakers. All right. Verse 26. Verily I say unto you, thou shalt by no means come out thence till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. All right. So pretty much I'm saying you're going to pay them uh, the most punishment you can pay until I mean, if if that comes to um, if that comes to be done. Right. So why hassle going to prison and paying the most you can pay? Right. Just apologize right then and there in front of your adversary. Apologize right then and there. Stop it right then and there. End it. End it right then and there. It don't have to wander on. OK, that's what Jesus is trying to say. Verse 27. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you. That whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Oof. Man, guys, this is um this is this right here cuts deep. For it should cut deep for all of us. Right here, right now, especially in a day that we're living, the age that we're living where sexual themes and erotic um Pictures and TV shows and billboards and music videos. All of that is being pushed on us hardcore. So this right here is a very important um, scripture, a very important verse that Jesus said. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. I am guilty of this. I am guilty of it. Guys, let me tell you. Mm, I'll tell it. I'll tell it. You know why? Because I feel the Holy Spirit telling me to tell it. This is one of the things that you don't tell, right? These are one of the stories that you don't tell because you are deeply ashamed, deeply hurt. But I feel like or what Jesus is telling me is that this can be a, a, uh, a testimony for someone listening. And maybe it can help you through you young minds or young souls who may be dealing with something similar or about to enter into that fire like I did. I was a young um, Navy sailor, 18, I think at the time, 19. And I was alone. You know, I still was a uh, a virgin at this point. And you can imagine being alone, how some stresses can build up, especially being on a, you know, on a base and all this. And there was this woman who worked at the um it was like a uh what'd you call it one of the places you go and you know like a rec center rec center and i would go there with my friends and we'll sit and talk and she was there and we'll sit and talk and we got to talking and she was older than me she was maybe six seven years six years older than me about 
And um, I fell weak to her. And she was married, man. I lost my virginity to a married woman. And it has hurt me. And it has been a, 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 uh, a knife, a thorn on my side for so long. In fact, when I got married years later, I contacted both her and her husband. They, they got divorced because of me. Um, I contacted them both and I poured my heart out to them both. And they both accepted my apology. And that made me feel a little bit better. A little bit better. Okay. But didn't really cleanse me. And even though I know Jesus and his ability is more than enough to cleanse me of that dark, wicked action I did. I still find myself going back into um, some thoughts. But I say all that to say, because, um, let me take you guys to Job, okay? Job 31. Wait, uh, let's go to Proverbs. Let me guys take you to Proverbs 6, verse 20. Okay. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thy heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. Guys, this is for all you youngins out there. If your parents, your mom and your father, if they're given good scriptural um, lessons, man, especially if they're biblical Listen, take heed to them, because what Proverbs is saying is that if you keep their commandments, right, and don't forsake your mother's law and keep your father's commandment, it's going to bind to your heart, okay? In other words, this is going to talk to you, it's going to lead you, it's going to keep you, okay? It's going to be a lamp, okay? Verse 23 says, for the commandment is a lamp, okay, and the, and the law is light, and Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Okay, keep ho keep hold to those teachings and lessons because they'll keep you out of a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. Okay, um, verse twenty four to keep to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. And the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her, shall not be innocent. Oh. Mm. I'm going to jump down to verse 32. But whosoever committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. For jealousy is the rage of a man. Therefore, he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not regard any ransom. Neither will he rest content, though thou givest many gifts. Listen to me. Listen to me. Those of you who have this problem. Okay, with your eyes and the lust of women are in the lust of men. This is so important, okay? Because as I said, how can one have fire touch his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Because of what I did with that married woman, losing my virginity to that married woman, I am currently going through a divorce. I think I told you guys that already. And what I did to that man is exactly what was done to me. God is just, and I'm not saying that he's out to get me. Trust me, I'm not saying that at all. But God is just, and he will make you understand your wrongs so that you learn from them. And God knows I've learned. And I'm still learning in a hurtful way with what I'm going through with my um, separated, separated wife. It, it sucks, man. It sucks. Okay. But this is what Jesus is saying, okay? Okay? And in Job 31, Job says this in verse 1. He says, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then shall I think upon a maid? Make a covenant with your eyes, guys and girls. Make a covenant with your eyes to remember that this is not the road you want to go. Be true to it, too. Keep it true. 
It will save you heartache and pain. Okay? Just like David, when he went and did what he did with Beersheba, the wife of a married man, had the married man killed. Guess what God? God took away his, his son, killed his son, and, and David learned. David fell down to his knees and just cried because he knew what he did was horrible. And God justfully punished him. Like, I feel like I'm justfully being punished because of what I did and what's going on with me in my current um, marriage. I, I own up to it and I accept that. No, I'm not accepting what was done to me was right, but I accept in the full picture of it all of what I, of my wrongs. It has brought me to a sense of maturity. Okay, so I just want to run that home to you guys. I'm going to get off that subject. But please, guys. Okay, whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her committed adultery with her already in his heart. All right. Verse 29, if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. It hath been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. Marriage is such a, and that's a whole nother subject you can have, a whole nother um, study. But, I, you know, I just want to go into it a little bit because that's, you know, this is what Jesus said. Marriage is meant to be eternal. Your marriage represents the marriage between Jesus and the body of Christ. Okay. Hence why Jesus said, if your hand offend me, cut it out or cut it off. If your eye offend me, pluck it out. Because it's better that you enter, um, what it says, for it's profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Guys, the church, okay? When he said this, I, I see him talking about the church. Yes, I mean, no, don't go ahead and cut your hand off because you stole something or don't, you know, but it, at some point you got to understand the degree of what he said, of what Jesus is saying. In a body of the church, okay, if there's someone that's causing mischief and, and false doctrine in the church, you got to get rid of them if they won't um, come correct and accept correction. Because all they're going to do is cause the whole body to be hurt, okay? The whole body to be hurt. And same thing if you are, you are a stiller or a killer or are you a, a lustful person, pluck your eye out. So that it won't cause you to do things that will cause you to be um, sent to hell for eternity because you allowed that body part or that member of your, of your body that um, to take control of your life. The purpose of what Jesus is saying is pretty much to have control, discipline over yourself. Okay, we are no longer slaves to our bodies. Thanks to Jesus Christ. Okay, and what he did on that cross. All right. Marriage is meant to be eternal. Okay, there's only one reason why Jesus justified divorce, and that is if one of your one of you committed fornication. It's justified. But that doesn't mean that Jesus can't allow that you you to work either. You know, you just don't know what God's testimony could be for you in your life during, you know, something like that. You just don't know. But that's the only reason why one can divorce. Any other reason, you, you, you got some explaining to do. Honestly. Marriage is a serious thing. It represents the unity between Jesus and the church. It's meant to be an example of Christ and the church. You think God want that to be diminished by your actions on his earth? No. All right. Uh, verse 33. Again, ye have heard that it hath been said by them of old time. Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. 
What Jesus is talking about is Leviticus 19.12, where it says, And ye shall not swear by my name falsely, neither shall thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. So this is taking God's name in, in vain. Swearing on anybody or, or, or anything. Okay? It continues to say in verse 34, But I say unto you, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head. Okay. Because thou canst not make one hair white or black. Here is another important lesson. Okay. And we tend to, yo, you hear this by so many we swear so much these is it's like second nature it's like water it comes out of our mouth like water man i mean we just swear on everything your mom swear my mom swear on god swear on this swear on that swear on that swear 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 like that has become a huge problem in our society and jesus is pretty much simply saying listen you can't swear on anything you're not god okay so you can't swear on God. You can't swear on the things of the earth. Okay. Because you didn't create the earth. You can't swear on Jerusalem because it's the city of the great king, which is Jesus. Okay. You can't swear by your own head because you can't even make your hair white or black. You have no ownership over nothing. Therefore, you cannot swear at all. Listen to what Jesus says, though, instead. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay. Or in other words, yes, yes, or no, no. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Okay, it cometh from evil. Guys, we don't have to swear at all. Just like we don't have to curse. It's a choice we do, but we don't have to. And if you do any extra, and I call that extra, swearing is extra, extra, because you can simply just say yes or no. Right? Is that is literally that simple? Yes or no? But we live in a time where people need so much. In other words, we live in a time where lying is just it's everywhere that you got to go the extra mile to think that you're going to get the truth from someone. Right? Lying is so prevalent in our lifetime right now. And it's always been, but I'm just saying, like, we lie on all types. We just lie. We just lie. And Jesus is saying, why do that? Just say yes, yes, no, no. Regardless of the repercussions. Yeah. If you did something wrong and you tell the truth, yeah, you're going to get in trouble. Okay. Rather you be truthful than lie or swear. It'll lead you to condemnation. All right. For it says in verse 37, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Whatever is more than yes, yes or no, no, it cometh from evil. Verse 38, ye have heard that it hath been said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Guys, that's back from, that's in Deuteronomy 19.21, okay? But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. All right? Now, I know that's a tough one, even for me. Someone smacked me, turn the other cheek. <laughs> yeah. But see, this is a sense of maturity and the sense of the Holy Spirit conviction within us that we have to understand what Jesus is saying. A lot of us are still immature to understand these words, right? A lot of us are still young in the faith to understand these words. The Holy Spirit has not convicted us and revealed the truth of these words to us, all right? So we tend to look at that and be like, nah, I can't do that. Well, that's not any fault to the Bible. That's your fault. That's all fault to you. Because you are not in maturity to understand what Jesus has said, has said and meant by that. And the simplicity of it is this. 
We do not have to return vengeance on actions that has been um, taken on us. Vengeance is the Lord's. Okay. Vengeance is God, saith the Lord, not yours. There is nothing in this world anyone can do to you. Okay. Because you are the Lord's. They will get theirs. Trust me, they will get what's coming to them. God has a way of bringing justice to everything. So we cannot take it upon ourselves to push the envelope on that. All right. So that's what Jesus means. Let's keep reading verse 40. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. In other words, if you want a coat here, take the whole closet, right? It's just, it's to show how meek we must be when dealing with our brethren. That's all Jesus is trying to push. That's all he's trying to make you understand. Verse 41, and whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. In other words, go with him two miles. Again, to be meekful to your neighbor. Okay, to show your obedience to the Lord. We do these things unto our brethren. Verse 42, give to him that asketh thee and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Right? Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of things we got to give the whole bank in the house. But, you know, I, I understand where that comes from, too. And whatever the Holy Spirit has convicted you to do, then do by all means, you know. By all means, whatever the Holy Spirit has convicted you to do, do. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, verse 43. Ye have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Okay? Love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye may be the children of your father, which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Guys, this is simple. And what it's saying is this, right? Kindness and meekness is the key. All right. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you. And persecute you. That takes spiritual maturity to do. You're not doing that young. Trust me. That takes the holy this conviction of the Holy Spirit, man. And that's where I want to be. I pray God takes me to that level. And we all got to pray that God brings us to that level, man. Because that level is beyond this. Honestly, it's, it's, it's a spiritual. It's really a spiritual mindset, man. It's not even a physical mindset anymore when you're thinking like that. It's a spiritual mindset. You're above the rest of the world because you dwell in the spiritual world, the spiritual realm where Jesus wants us to dwell in and see his truth. Okay. Oof. Um, verse. 45, that ye may be the children of your father, which is in heaven, for he maketh the son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Verse 46, for if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same, right? So think about it, right? Even in this modern day age, Republican, Democrat, whatever, if you're a Republican, guess what? The Republican expects a Republican to love him, but a Republican won't expect a Democrat to love him. Same thing with a Democrat and, and a Republican, right? Democrats love Democrats, but don't like Republicans. What is the, what's the, where's the reward in that? There's no reward in that. Those people are supposed to like you, right? Those people are supposed to love you. What Jesus is saying is simple, right? Love them which love, I'm sorry. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Okay, it's simple. There's no award in that. Showing love to those who may hate you or have a disdain for you. 
literally is like pinning heaping coals on their forehead. They, they don't understand that way of thinking. It's again a spiritual mindset. It's a spiritual way of thinking. It's not an earthly human way of thinking. So people are perplexed usually by that saying. What? You know? But God wants us to reach that maturity. All right, verse 47. And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? The same thing, guys. It's the same thing as, as verse 46. All right? What good does it do to salute your brothers? They're your brothers. Of course they're going to go of course they're going to salute you back. Of course they're going to salute you back. Verse 48. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Amen. 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 Guys, listen, no one's perfect. But through Jesus Christ are we made. Okay? Through Jesus Christ are we made redeemed. And perfect can our ways be in Jesus Christ. That's the goal, people. That's the goal. And Jesus, man, listen, this is just the tipping. Yo, we barely put our foot in the water. This is just the tip of our toenail is in the water and what we just read. All right, there's, I know this was a long one. There's so much that we got to take in, so much that we got to understand. And some of us may have to go back and read it again. And I urge you to do so because what we got to grasp is that Jesus is speaking so much truth that this modern day era needs to hear and understand. Because quite frankly, we don't understand a lot of it. Okay, we don't understand a lot of it. And that's including churchgoers too. All right. The world as a whole need to be reminded and need to re-engage in what Jesus was preaching back in his ministry. In this preachings, his words are eternal, which means that they were relevant and important when he preached it. They were relevant and important before he preached it, and they're relevant and important after he preached it. We have to understand that again. Okay, we have to keep that close to our hearts. All right, I'm not going to hold you guys any uh, longer. Thank you so much for being patient and listening. I'm sorry if I babbled too long or said things that maybe was confusing. Um, forgive me. Truly forgive me. Um, I just pray that you guys understand and have a better understanding of Jesus. Uh, really, his big, his first big message to the masses. And I pray that it touched your heart and the Holy Spirit moved in you. Okay? As we read. So I'm going to close out with prayer. Dear Lord and Father, thank you so much for blessing us. And allowing us to read your word and just to come close to you and understand you, dear Lord and Father. I just pray that you continue to watch over us and keep us and guide us and allow your Holy Spirit to allow us to keep searching your truth, dear Lord, Heavenly Father. Let us continue to search your words, God, your truth, your scripture, your wisdom. Allow us to continue to search it and not just stop at what the words of man have said, dear Lord, Heavenly Father. For the words of man is not your words. Your words are true. Your words are eternal. Your words cut like a knife. Your words free the bonds and the chains of those who are bonded. Your words allow us to fly into the closeness of the Holy Spirit. Your words keep us close in your glory, dear Lord, Heavenly Father. Your words give us life. Your words give us uh, everlasting um, breath, dear Lord, Heavenly Father. Your words give us everlasting uh, thirst, dear Lord, Heavenly Father. We will never be hungry again with your words, dear Lord. So allow us to worship and keep your words. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Woo! Thanks for joining me on my podcast. Be blessed. Hey guys, you just listened to an episode of Truth Warrior Ministries with your hosts, Isaac and Joshua Butts. Thanks for tuning in. Be blessed. See you next time. Truth Warrior Ministries.